0: I am so glad that you're here. I'm glad you decided to come out on Thursday night and hang out with us. I wanna welcome everybody online watching. We're glad you're here. I want you to know that we're praying for you. We love you guys. We'd love to see you in a service. We have a Thursday night service uh, right now that's going on that we're recording this in at seven and then Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and we'd love to see you and we're glad that you're online. Uh, We're gonna continue with fear Uh, pastor started this message uh, last week and we're on fear part two. And as I was prepping this, I was thinking about my childhood and I was thinking about the things that I was afraid of as a kid and the fears that I had as a kid and how now as an adult looking back, those fears can seem irrational and ridiculous. Um, You think about, you know, now I'm talking, let's talk like five years old, six years old. Uh, One of the fears I had is I was afraid of the dark. Um, And I wasn't so much afraid of the dark, but what was in the dark, right? The lack of light didn't scare me. It was what was lurking in the darkness, right, that scared me. And so, you know, as a kid, you're afraid of the dark. And, and now as an adult, that can seem irrational. And I think what's even funnier than that, that being afraid of the dark, was how we uh, Overcame those fears or how we thought to fight those fears, right? In our in our small minds, we had these great ways of combating fear. So you think about being a kid, you're about five, six years old, you're getting ready for bed, you're getting your PJs on, brushing your teeth, right? Kissing mom and dad goodnight, you're going to your room, you're getting your covers ready, fluffing your pillow, right? You throw the covers back, you turn the light off, you jump in bed, and you lay down, right? It's all good at that moment right there, right? Then maybe, I don't know, if you were a person that slept with your door open or slept with your door closed, I don't know who who sleeps with their door closed right that is terrifying who locks himself in a room and tries to sleep that that i need a quick way out of there and so you you go to sleep you know, you lay down. You're trying to go to sleep. You know, and and a car drives by. You know, and you know how when a car drives by at night, and the headlights kind of go across your room. You kind of see them go across the room. You know, and it reflects off the wall. Then you, you hear a cat outside, maybe meowing. Do you ever hear cats at night that are about to fight? That noise they make right before they're about to fight. You hear that. Now, if you're five years old, you're terrified, right? You think El Diablo is standing out the window, right? Then all of a sudden, in the room, you see something move. You see something move in the closet. Something shift. A noise happens. You know, you, you know, you know how the attic creaks or the floor creaks, your house starts talking, and, and by this point you're losing it. You're like, this is it, this is the end. I'm done. I'm never gonna see the light of day. Everything is over. You think this monster is coming out of the closet right now. So, as kids, how do we fight this? You'd grab the covers and throw them over your head. That's how you dealt with it. I mean, I don't know what we thought. We thought that, that monster walked up and thought, oh. I almost had you this time. You got them covers up quick. You're getting better. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be watching you the rest of the night. Those covers come down. I'm going to get you, right? Then, then what happens is you're under the covers. You think something's standing right next to you. You can just feel it, right? You're under the covers, and you, you can hear your heart beating. You're sitting under there, and all you hear is, that's all you hear, right? You start breathing heavy. You're like, <sighs> you're, you're, you're like, I'm going to die. I am going to die. And then what happens is you're breathing heavy, and once it do, it gets hot under the covers. You're like, oh, my God, I'm suffocating. I can't breathe. I need air. You're like, do I need air or do I want to die? Which is it, right? And so, you know what you would do? This is what I would do is you would try to make a small pocket, you know, and get your lips up by it. You know, and to so suck some air in, right? And then finally you'd be like, I don't care. I don't care. I'm going to just, I'm just going to die if I have to, right? And you rip the covers down. And some of those fears right now, as an adult, they seem very irrational. They seem very ridiculous. And a lot of times in our life, that's how fear can seem. We can think, well, this is uh, irrational or this is stupid. And then there's those fears that you have that are very, very real, very real fears. Fears that you worry about all the time. Fears that take up the majority of your thinking throughout your day. Uh, the, the things that you worry about the most. Those real genuine fears. And, and, and I want to talk about that tonight. Before we do that, let's just pray over the message. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that as I speak, you speak through me. It's not my words but your words, Father. I pray that you have a word for us tonight, and I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Pastor talked last week about the first mention of sin, sin, excuse me, fear in the Bible. The first mention of fear in the Bible, and it's in Genesis chapter three, uh, verse nine. Adam and Eve have, you know, eaten the fruit. They've fallen. Uh, Many of us know that story, and here's what happens in verse nine. They, they, you know, eat the fruit, they run away. And it says, then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? Verse 10, uh, so he said, I heard you, this is Adam, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. That is the very first mention of fear in the Bible is right there in Genesis three, verse nine. Now, a couple of interesting things I think about this. Um, think how Adam and Eve sin Okay They've never known sin They've never known any of the baggage that comes with sin They've never known the emotions that we know Sadness, shame, guilt, fear They've never felt any of those things Okay The devil comes and he, he tempts Adam and Eve And his first attack is you cannot trust God that's what he tells him at the tree. You cannot trust God, right? He says, God's holding out on you. And, and if you'll eat that fruit, you'll be like God. And his first attack is you can't trust God. Then his second attack on mankind was fear. And I, I just think that's so profound to me that that's what the devil used. And I believe the devil's using the same thing to this day. The devil uses on us all the time, you can't trust God you can't trust church. You can't trust Christians, right? And God wants, or, you know, the devil wants to use that on us all the time, and he used it on, I Adam. Mean, he hey, can't trust. Then what happens when they sin? He immediately sent fear, and then the third thing he sent was shame. He said, you can't trust, and he said, because well, what did he say? He said, I was afraid because I was naked, I was afraid because I was naked. The very next thing he felt was shame, fear and shame. And that was the very first mention of fear in the Bible. I want to tell you what fear is. This is 2 Timothy uh, 1.7. I'm going to throw that up. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, you can just leave that up. It says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, Now, obviously, right here, right now, we know that fear is a spirit, and fear is a demonic spirit. And that's important to know and understand, because many times in our lives, what we do is we say, well, fear is an emotion, right? Fear is just an emotion that I feel. But that is not true. Fear is a demonic spirit. And the devil used it, just like he used it on Adam and Eve. As soon as they sinned, that opened the doorway for the devil to come in even more, and he immediately sent the spirit of fear into their life, right? And here's what happens. It's a demonic spirit, and fear leads to torment. Fear will always lead you to torment, as you move into fear about any situation in your life, fear you know moves to worry. You think about it all the time. You're afraid about this situation, about what's going to happen. You're being tormented. Then what happens as a result of that is you begin to lose trust in God. You begin to lose your trust in God, and you will begin to drift away from God because of this fear and because of this torment of fear. Now, uh, a lot of these verses are all review from last, from last week. Let me show you this one. This is 1 John 4.18. We're talking about how that fear uh, involves torment. It says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Right? Anytime you feel fear, Anytime you're afraid, and that leads to torment, right? And that goes down that path of of that overwhelming fear of worry and just anxiety. When you have those feelings, you have to realize that that's the devil, that that's demonic. That's not just emotions, okay? I was thinking about how there's different kinds of fear, and, and one of the things I think is, is there can be fear of, let's say right now the tornado sirens went off. There's a big one right here on the other side of my house. There's a big one. You know, they'll test them through the summer on Fridays and it goes off. We would all hear it, right? If those sirens went off, that means that something bad is happening outside, right? That a tornado's coming, that bad weather's coming. We would all feel a rush of fear, right? Your heart would start pounding. You would think, what do we do and where do we go? All right, side note, if that ever really did happen, go to the hallway by the bathrooms, the little ones, the Java Cafe. That's the strongest place in this. Do not stay in here. This is toothpicks if a tornado's coming. Get to the brick building, okay? We tell the kids that in ground zero. But what would happen is a rush of fear. What would that fear tell you? We need to get to safety. We need to get somewhere safe, right? But then torment leads to every time weather comes up. There's clouds on the horizon. The weatherman says, hey, put your car in the garage. Some bad weather's coming through. You're tormented by fear. You're afraid. You're afraid of tornadoes. You're afraid of lightning. You're afraid of thunder. That has turned into torment. And you can kind of see the difference in those two, right? Uh, We went to kids camp down in Roaring Springs back when I was a kid, and the weather always got bad at kids camp. Every time they had a building a lot like this, but there was big, huge garage doors all on that wall and all on this wall at this camp. So, you know, weather would blow through and it would blow through and you run to your dorms. And, uh, one time, uh, me and, and Matt Birkenfeld, he plays, he plays the keyboard on Sundays. We were down having French fries, uh, together at the little concession stand. And this is so weird. A moth landed in our ketchup. I can remember that. And we just scraped it to the side and kept eating French fries. Right? And this girl who was probably, I don't know how much older than us, maybe four or five years, her name was Holly Myers. And I thought she was an angel from heaven. I thought she was so gorgeous. And uh, hopefully she doesn't watch online. Uh, And she ran down and said, guys, y'all need to go to your dorm room. There's a tornado coming. And it's like, well, bring the fries. Don't leave them. Let's go. So we run to the, you know, we run to the dorm, we get in the hallway, the, the parents, you know, adult leaders get in the hallway, put a pillow over your head, you know, and, and we begin to pray. They're kids, come on, we're going to pray. We're going to pray about this tornado. We're going to pray about this situation. And literally on the news, it said that the tornado split, went around Roaring Springs and then came back together. Okay. Now, I know that there's probably many situations in your life where you think, well, that didn't happen in my life or we prayed and it didn't work. But here's what I know is that God's a good God and that I can trust God. And I'm not gonna live in fear of something and let it torment me because I can trust God, right? It says that perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. And that is demonic, right? What we learn... Um, pastor talked about it all summer God's for me God is with me and God lives in me right I know that God is for me I know he's with me and I know that he lives in me right now listen to this I don't live in fear because Jesus lives in me I don't live in fear because Jesus lives in me you say, well, you know, things look really bad. You know, people will tell you, hey, you need, you know, you need to get some common sense. You need to look at what's going on. Now, this doesn't mean that I'm stupid. Did y'all see that picture circulating the internet about a year ago of a guy mowing his backyard, and there's a big tornado in the background? And he put in the comments, I was keeping my eye on it. He's like, you know, the grass had to be cut, right? There's a difference, you know, in that of, well, I'm not afraid of anything because I have Jesus, you know. Uh, you know, when you grow up, we, we had a friend who would do anything. You know, maybe you had a friend like that. If you had a friend, you know, we could uh, get our bikes and build a jump and we would say, hey, go jump your bike down that and try to do a Superman seat grab. And he would just try it and fail miserably. And th- those are always fun friends to have because they're crazy and they'll do anything. But I'm not gonna live my life out of stupidity because, well, I, I have Jesus. I'm gonna run into a burning building or I'm gonna do something crazy. So, you know, I, I don't want you going home and you know, you're know, you like, I'm not wearing my seatbelt. Who cares what the speed limit is? I have Jesus on the inside of me. Nothing can touch me, right? There's common sense things that we do to take care of ourselves. But I want you to know that perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. And I don't live in fear because I know Jesus lives in me. And when that fear turns to torment, I have to, I have to be aware of that. I have to recognize that, and I have to say, I'm going to fight this. I'm going to resist this, right? Because fear is a demonic spirit. Fear is not just an emotion. Fear is a spirit, and so I have to resist that. The Bible says resist the devil, and he will flee from you, right? And so that's what I have to do. I have to say, hey, Satan, hey, fear, you get out of here. I said I was afraid as a kid. I would be afraid at night. We moved to Tulia. We had a two-story house. Uh, my bedroom set over the garage. Dad would be like, you don't have to be afraid. You know, nothing's ever going to get you. You know, you're, you're on the second. You know, what robbers carry a ladder? And I'm like, I'm not afraid of a robber, right? I, I've read revelations. I know what's out there, right? I'm afraid of the devil himself. He didn't need a ladder. He'll just walk through the wall, <laughs> Right? We, we went to Bible school, and they would tell this story of uh, uh, Wigglesworth, Smith's Wigglesworth. He's some crazy prophet guy, and it says that one night, now this is how long ago it was. This is how old this dude was, is that he woke up one night and lit a candle, okay? That's how long ago this was. Lit a candle because he could hear his rocking chair rocking, and he lit a candle and swung it over, and he said, oh, it's just the devil, and blew it out and went back to sleep. I'm like, what is that? Dude, Right? I mean, if I lit a candle and there was just a kid sitting in the chair, my kid, right? You know, I've got, I've got a four-year-old Annie. She'll get up at 3 in the morning and come stand next to the bed. Dad. Right? And you jump out of your skin like, dear God, what are you doing? Go to bed. She's like, I want to sleep with you. Well, I, I no. Know. You know, it's like I can't sleep now. I'm terrified. Right? You know, you, you don't know that kids are ninjas till you have them. It's Ruby's birthday, and, and she's two years old, and she can sneak up behind you, and I'll step back and kick her across the room. And I'm like, dude, you got to say something. You can't just stand there. Right? So, stuff like that scares me, much less the devil sitting, and you're so full of faith that you're like, oh, it's just you. You can show yourself out. Good night. I mean, that is crazy, but when fear shows up in your life, we have to know, hey, Jesus lives on the inside of me, right? The Bible says the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of me. Now, that always blows my mind because Jesus is dead and in the ground. We know his spirit is in hell, and something rose him from the dead. Who, who, who do they call to raise God from the dead, Right? Who did they call to say, hey, you need to go raise Jesus from the dead? And it was the Holy Spirit. God said, all right, you're up, go raise him from the dead. And he brings him back out of hell. You know, what was it like for the Holy Spirit to land in hell and, and you know, him and Jesus, the devil and them are having a party and it's like, you ready to go? And it's like, you know, I'm ready to go, right? And then that spirit lives on the inside of you. You have to realize who you are. You have to realize what dwells on the inside of you that when fear shows up, you can tell it. You have no place in my life. You have no place in my mind. I resist you and I command you to leave, right? And I don't live in fear because Jesus lives in me. Let's look at Romans eight fifteen. It says, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage, uh, other, other translations say slavery, uh, bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Now, I love this because you did not receive, we just saw in 2 Timothy 1, 7, he says, hey, you did not receive a spirit of fear. God did not give you a spirit of fear. And then they say it again here in Romans 8. He says, you did not receive a spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Now, Abba in Hebrew means father. That's what that word means is father. It'd be like if they said, uh, but we cry out, Father, Father. Okay, here's the thing. Abba has such a deep uh, regard of affection and love that they didn't know how to translate it to English. There was no English word they could use that would represent what it meant. So what they did is they just left it and then put what it meant out next to it. Hey, it's Abba, hey, this means Father, but it's so much more than Father, okay? When Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane and he prayed, Lord, take this cup from me if you can, meaning I don't want to die on the cross if there's any other way, he uses the word Abba. He calls out to God, he says, Abba, if there's any other way, it was this deep regard of affection and love and surrender in this. It is so much more than father. It's so much more than just dad. There's such a deep regard of love in this. And it says you didn't receive a spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption right? And he's talking about this deep love that we have for God and that God has for us. And that God has a, it's a deep, intimate love, right? I I don't think that there's anything that we could compare it to. There's nothing we could try to, I mean, even the word Abba, they couldn't, they're like, I don't know how to translate this. There's so much depth to what this means. I can't translate this. You have to understand that God hates nothing more than when the devil attacks you. Jesus can't stand when the devil attacks you because they know what's on the inside of you. They know what dwells on the inside of you. And, and Jesus is telling you to fight. Jesus is telling you, hey, you stand up, right? Right? I believe that Jesus did everything he did on the earth to set the example for us, right? To set the example of this is how you do it. Think how he goes to the desert to fast for 40 days and the devil shows up and tempts him and God set the example, here's how you do this, right? Jesus used three verses, three verses to defeat the devil and the devil used the word right back on him. He used the word of God too, but Jesus defeated him as a man with three verses and he was setting the example, here's how you do this. Put the word of God in you, right? 2 Timothy 1.7 is such an incredible verse for you to memorize. I memorized that as a kid and I would quote it at night when I was afraid. God hadn't given me a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. God hadn't given me a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind, right? That that's what God's given me It's power, right? God's given me love and a sound mind, I have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. I want to show you 1 John 4, 8, and we're going to go to 4, 16. It says, anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. Now, we, we just learned how that perfect love casts out fear. Love is what casts out fear. And God is Love. God is love and God dwells on the inside of me and that's driving out fear in my life. Go to verse 16, please. It says, so we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. I want you to pay attention from here on from the yellow. God is love and whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him, right? So so whoever abides in love, you're in God and God is in you right? That, that St. Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. Acts 1.8 says that when you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive power. That power from the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of me gives me the ability to love. Because without it, human love is bankrupt, I cannot love on my own it's impossible but with the power of the holy spirit right because god dwells on the inside of me he gives me the ability to love and that love cast out fear here's what you have to understand is that fear leads to torment fear is a spirit and it's demonic God dwells on the inside of you. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and you have the power and the ability to defeat him. And all you have to do is say, fear, you get out of here. In the name of Jesus, right? worry, you get out of here in the name of Jesus. Now, pastor talked about this last week, how that the feeling of fear will never go away. You're never going to get to a day in your life where you think, well, man, I haven't been afraid in a while. Sure has been a long time since I've been afraid, right? That, that, that those feelings will never go away. And you have to discern the difference of this is demonic. This is turning to torment. This is turning to worry. You know, I know people that uh, can't go to the movies because there's too many people and somebody could do something crazy or something bad could happen, right? Or I'm not going to the mall uh, because there's too many people. Now, I'm gonna step on toes and I don't mean to, and I don't mean to offend anybody, but there are people who are scared to go to the doctor. There are people who are scared to take medicine. There are people who are scared of vaccines, Right? because, well, it could do this or it could do that or this could happen or that could happen or this or that or whatever. And you end up digging a hole under your house with a can of peaches and living down there because you're absolutely scared of everything. And, and you know, then then you throw coronavirus on top of it and then your fear just goes through the roof. It's like, I'm never doing nothing again. Our lives are over. We're just waiting for Jesus to come back, right? And I'm smart I'm, I'm relying on the wisdom of God. You know, every time I go to the doctor, anytime anybody goes to the doctor, uh, we had somebody go to the doctor and had to have surgery, uh, and they help us in Ground Zero every week, and we prayed, and their daughter was here, and we called her up, and we laid hands on her, and we prayed, you know what I prayed? God, give the doctors wisdom. You give them your wisdom. You guide their hands, right? You are in that surgery room with them. That's what I pray, I don't say, well, you don't need to go to the doctor. We'll just pray. We're going to do everything in the natural and everything in the supernatural. And you can't live your life in fear. Second Timothy one seven, Paul is talking to Timothy, and he's leaving Timothy at a church. He's leaving in there. Timothy's a young man, and he says God hasn't given you a spirit of fear, which he was saying, be bold, be bold as a pastor. Be bold in your faith. Be bold in preaching the gospel and spreading the word. We can't live our lives in fear of, well, I can't talk about my Christianity here because it will offend you. Or I can't talk about my Christianity at work because I could lose some friends. Or I can't talk about it around my family because they're sick of hearing it and they don't want to hear it. He was telling him, be bold as a Christian. The thing that Think how Satan put fear in Adam, and what did Adam do? He hid from God. Exactly the opposite of what he should have done. He should have run straight to God and said, we messed up, and we messed up bad, and we need help, but instead he hid. We cannot let our fear drive us away from God, and we cannot let our fear drive us away from bringing people to Christ because, well, I don't know how to talk about it. I don't know how to bring it up. I don't know what to say. We cannot live in fear because fear leads to torment. I don't live in fear because Jesus lives in me. And I don't have to live in fear because the spirit that raised him from the dead lives in me. Bow your head and close your eyes. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus and Father, I pray I pray right now against fear. I come against fear in the name of Jesus. I bind the torment of fear, worry, and anxiety off of us right now, off of our hearts and off of our minds. We just bind it and we resist it in Jesus' name. Satan, you have no power here. You have no authority here. And I command it to flee. And, Father, the same thing that you promised Timothy, that that we don't have a spirit of fear, but we have power. Father, I pray that you fill us with the Holy Spirit. You fill us with power. You fill us with love. And you fill us with a sound mind. Father, I pray as we go throughout our lives and throughout our days, Father, people that we, we bump shoulders with on a regular basis, those that are not saved, Father, you would bring it to our knowledge. You would put a red flag over them. You would give us the strength and the courage and the wisdom and the words to bring them to know you, Father, that nothing would keep us from spreading the gospel. Father, I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Why don't you go ahead and stand to your feet. I so appreciate y'all coming out tonight. I hope y'all have a great rest of your evening and we'll see you next week.